Hi guys and welcome to the Cloud Evangelist podcast channel. My name is Richard Morrell. I'm the Cloud Evangelist here over at Red Hat. To my colleagues and my friends over in America, first and foremost, happy July the 4th, guys. Today we've been recording a podcast with Mark McLaughlin, who is the lead developer at Red Hat on the Red Hat OpenStack project. Uh, on the back of Red Hat Summit in Boston a couple of weeks ago, where a lot of us spent a lot of time on our feet talking to customers, I've put together, I think, 14 podcasts that I released in a five-day period, which is a huge amount of content. If you haven't yet caught up with them, um, point your browser at www.cloudevangelist.com and you'll find a link to where you can find them or if you just google red hat summit podcast they'll be able to be popping up in your browser immediately or if you've got itunes again just use itunes and search in the itunes store under red hat summit so we decided to talk a lot of OpenStack at the show because OpenStack was prevalent everywhere. I did a recording with Perry Myers and also with Reese Oxenham talking about RDO and talking about Red Hat OpenStack supported offerings. And it seemed the obvious thing to do when I got back was to actually put a microphone in front of Mark McLaughlin. Mark and I had previously done a podcast at FOSDEM in Brussels in February that was really well downloaded, great figures. So we thought, let's give people an update to see where we are with regards to Havana, Triple O, Heat, a lot of the cool stuff that's coming out of the OpenStack project, as well as news out of the OpenStack Foundation. We've had the release this week of the OpenStack Security Guide, you know, a, a great cumulative piece of work, and I thought I'd ask Mark about that, and also quiz him about some other cool stuff. You know, the guy's got a crystal ball, let's find out what we can understand from him about OpenStack moving forward. So without further ado, here's a podcast I recorded, make sure you go and catch up with all the cool content I recorded at Summit, and come back soon. Hey guys, you're listening to another podcast on the Cloud Evangelist website. My name is Richard Morrell, and I'm joined, I wouldn't say long distance, but short distance to hop across to Dublin by Mark McLaughlin. Mark, say hi. Hi there, how's it going? So, we've been quite busy. We've had Summit the last two or three weeks. Uh, you went over at Boston, but there was a huge amount of activity, people wanting to talk to us about OpenStack, wanting to talk to us about RDO, wanting to talk to us about Red Hat OpenStack implementation. How's it going with the run-up to Havana? It's going really well. I mean, the the project is just explode, exploding. There's just so many things going on at the moment with the project. It's it's really really hard to to keep on on top of everything. Um, but it's 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 super fun and it's it's just super to see so much interest in it. I mean, at the um, the I wasn't as you said as you said I wasn't at the Red Hat Summit in Austin, but I was at the OpenStack Design Summit in Portland there in April and just. You know, twice the amount of people that were at the conference six months before, the amount of buzz, the amount of excitement, just everyone really, really pumped up and everyone um, really excited about the project. There's there's, there's a lot going on and it's, it's it's all good stuff. I was over at the OpenStack Design Summit again in Portland with you and I remember sitting in the airport at the end of the event with Reese flying back from Portland via Vancouver back to the UK and just being shattered really tight after three or four very 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 busy days yeah. because the difference between the OpenStack design summit and most cloud summit is the OpenStack design summit was full of people who were actually doing deploying and provisioning it was people who were actually going out there and pushing the envelope of what was achievable with OpenStack yeah um, my memory of, of that is to, at, on the very last day of the design summit every design summit we get the kind of lead contributors together for a, a session where we discuss what the release schedule is going to be for the, the next release. And it's typically not very well attended because we're typically just doing the same kind of release cycle as, as, as the previous release with a, a few tweaks. Um, but I remember we had a big discussion about 
you know, whether it would make sense to split the design summit part off from the main conference because, you know, to, to really give developers um, some some space where they can really focus on discussing, um, you know, architectural issues, design issues and stuff like that away from the kind of buzz of the conference. Um, but what, what none of us could imagine was, uh, you know, extending the length of the conference to being more than the current four days that it is because we tend to be just complete zombies by the end of it. They're just, just four days of non-stop um, discussions. You're, you're, you end up being a, a complete wreck by the end of it. But what I noticed was if you didn't get to some of the keynote sessions and some of the speaker talks 15 minutes before you couldn't get in, it, it was absolutely jam-packed. It was, yeah. No, it, it was great to see. And um, I'm on the, the OpenStack Foundation board, and we've, uh, uh, you know, had a lot of discussions around the next design summit, trying to improve things um, in the sense that you know we expect more people to be along, but you know we we you know we want to make sure things like sessions aren't packed out so people can get into the sessions they they want to get into, but also you know that the design summit sessions, which are supposed to be really about um, the actual developers collaborating together, that they get don't get completely swamped by kind of non-developers, which ends up um, stifling the, the ability to actually have design um, discussions. So it's yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how these these um, conferences evolve as as they get bigger and bigger. I travelled over to the conference uh, with Steve Hardy from the Heat API team, another Red Hatter, mm-hmm. and uh, we were sort of discussing in Heathrow early in the morning, you know, trying to what what our perceptions would be, and then on the way back saying we were completely wrong. <laughs> it was just so so busy, but also the Heat guys came out as the alongside other people but the rock stars of the conference absolutely there was massive amount of interest in heat and um you know it's it's really interesting because um i i was involved in the the kind of very early discussions about about heat and getting heat started and what the goals would be there and you know i i felt that the important thing was at the time was to kind of grow a community around the the project get the project to, to be an official part of of openstack um and the guys have done that in spades, and it, it, it's amazing how much uh, that that's just the interest in heat has kind of exploded since it's um, graduated from incubation. You, you you see heat turning up everywhere. I mean, um, the Trove project, for example, sure. um, that's a database as a service project applied for incubation in OpenStack there a few weeks ago, and it's the the main kind of technical objection that the technical committee had to it was it, that it should be actually architected to use heat underneath it. Um, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of bunch of examples like that, just of how you know the heat is completely relevant all over the place. And I really put that down to the the, the awesome work that those guys have done on on that project over the last year or so. It has been really worthwhile. I also noticed this week the release of the OpenStack Security Guide. You know, a group of people, both from public and private sector, and from the OpenStack developer community, all got together in a room, all got together to actually put something together that could actually be used as a benchmark as to how you secure OpenStack, and that shows just how far OpenStack's come, hasn't it? Oh yeah, it's it, it's great. I haven't actually had a chance to read that through myself yet, um, but it it seemed like a, a really really exciting effort and, and the previous kind of similar effort to that of building um, an OpenStack deployers guide. I can't remember exactly what the title was, but they had a similar effort of getting a bunch of people together in a room to, to, to write a similar book but um, about deploying OpenStack, whereas this was about securing OpenStack. I think those efforts are just are just brilliant. And um, yeah, it's it's so important to get that kind of docs together and that that kind of knowledge sharing together. I think when I first was involved with OpenStack, what I you know, one of the things I was definitely worried about was clearly 
there are people deploying OpenStack out there, um, yeah. and they're, they're they're learning a lot about to, how to deploy OpenStack and how to operate it and how to secure it and all that kind of stuff. But that knowledge wasn't at the time being very. Uh, there wasn't really an avenue to kind of share that knowledge back. But these kind of efforts of of getting that knowledge in, in the form of documentation like that is is just excellent. A cold Sunday morning in February saw you holding a room in Brussels University in the palm of your hand with 130 people sitting listening to your every word hanging on every word when you were talking about OpenStack but also from a I would say from a a service provider function do you see now more service providers looking at OpenStack to start building their cloud environments all I all I remember about that talk is it being being early and people being hungover and kind of staring at blank faces. That's false so, day. But, uh, that, that's you, false day. <laughs> you have a different spin on it than I do. But I know it, it was. I, I enjoyed preparing for that talk actually. Um, and so there was kind of two aspects to what I was talking about in that talk. One was as you talk about, you know, really thinking about what OpenStack means for um, service providers and really what I was talking about there wasn't just public cloud service providers, no, no. but but even people who are deploying OpenStack internally, that they kind of have a service provider mentality, that they're, they're really um, trying to provide a service to kind of set of self-service users within their, their enterprise and stuff. Um, and the other aspect I really wanted to talk about was, you know, the um, how that kind of service provider um, attitude, that service provider perspective, where you know if you're providing a service and ultimately you want that service to grow and grow and grow as much as possible, how to architect your OpenStack deployment to uh, you know allow for that future growth and how to kind of embrace um, what you know OpenStack's kind of scale out architecture and the way you deploy it and stuff. And I, I think I kind of finished up that talk talking kind of summarizing that um, you know. <laughs> We really need a lot more tools within OpenStack itself to help people deploy yeah. um, OpenStack in that kind of a way. And uh, you know, there's been some great progress on that lately that I'm I'm really excited about. So talk to us about some of the cool Triple O stuff that's been going on. Yeah, so um, the Triple O project um, really ties in very well with what with what I was talking about there. Um, yeah. Basically, my and the way I was putting it was, you know, OpenStack is architected to be a scale-out application, just like um, a, the type of scale-out application architectures you'd see running on on clouds. Um, <clears throat> and how do we how do we actually go about deploying OpenStack in that in that kind of way? And well, the answer the Triple O project came up with was actually use OpenStack to deploy OpenStack. Mm-hmm. Um, so the 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 you know you could think about, for example, um, using Heat. Um, so Heat has uh, uh, a template format that you can use to describe how to deploy a multi-tier um, scale-out application. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we use the heat template format to describe how to deploy OpenStack itself, and then basically execute that heat template against an OpenStack install. So what you end up with is this kind of mind-bending concept of uh, an undercloud, which is like a, a small open cloud or a small OpenStack instance, you know, with with a heat API available to it, um, and that undercloud has the ability to provision um, both. Um, to VMs, but also to bare metal machines. So you, mm-hmm. you've got this little undercloud we called, um, call, I, was, I was calling it baby OpenStack for a while, but undercloud is the term that's kind of taking off. And then you use that undercloud to actually provision your full-scale, publicly available um, overcloud. So you basically execute a heat template on that undercloud, and from that then you get a, an overcloud provisioned. And it's not just about the initial provisioning of your overcloud, it's also about the ongoing management and monitoring and updating and, and stuff of, of your overcloud. It's it's a what what they what they've done and the vision they've set out on the Triple O project is really 
all-encompassing and it's you know it's it's breathtakingly ambitious um, but it's actually starting to come together and it's it's a it's a really really interesting effort and um, so I'm really excited for OpenStack itself to kind of have that ability built into it to, to actually deploy and manage itself I, it's almost like it's, it's almost like you're building containers out of clouds yeah it's it's um it, the, the more you get into thinking about the, the problem especially when you get into think, thinking about things like um so you know, with with an OpenStack cloud, you have say a management a management network and say tenant networks. Yeah. Well, your tenant networks in your under cloud become your management network for your over cloud. Um, so you've got this multiple layer of um, you know kind of network management going going on there and stuff. It's it's a, it's it's really interesting. But when it comes to things like nested permissions and trying to work out hierarchical you know architectures in cloud. That seems a lot more sensible way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 so, 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 so if, if if we were to think about say having a automated undercloud, it could actually end up being sort of a living, breathing method of constructing large scale, you know, enterprise clouds using OpenStack. It's quite a sensible way of doing it. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think it's going to happen. Um, I, you know, the, the Triple O project I think is in very early days at this stage, but. Um, it's it's looking like it's going to be adopted as a, an official OpenStack program. That's that's a whole other story, actually. Um, but basically, if it officially recognised as a you know a, a project that's a key part of OpenStack and uh, you know will be kind of part of future OpenStack releases, that decision will probably happen next week or the week after. Um, but you know, I think Triple O kind of as a as a key OpenStack project, I, I think would be really interesting because it'll be you know. OpenStack itself really taking on the problem of how to to, to provision and, and manage and, de- and deploy OpenStack. So how much travel have you got linked to OpenStack for the next couple of months? I've been actually really, really lucky since since Portland. I, I had a few months of kind of nonstop travel and then I just said no to a lot of things. So I've done no travel in, in, in a couple of months and actually had an opportunity to write some code. Um, but yeah, the travel travel kicks off again tomorrow with a with a day trip to um, all expenses paid day trip to London very exciting okay Mark it's been great having you on the podcast as we move towards Havana if I had to ask you crystal ball what are going to be the sort of challenges that we're going to face as a cloud community when thinking about OpenStack yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I think it's um, we're, we're the project is continuing to kind of stabilize it's continuing to kind of um, you know, it's it's kind of similar challenges that we've had, and you know, and made good progress on previous releases. So you you, you think about one of the, the the problems, for example, that everyone um, always wants to talk about, it, and that's kind of upgrades and kind of managed upgrades of your of your cloud. Yeah. Um, you know, we've made good progress on the last two releases, and but then, you know, it's still not a solved problem. And but in Havana, you're going to see like progress around things like um, no downtime database migrations mm-hmm. and better better ability to kind of manage the uh, the RPC interfaces, that the versioning of the RPC interfaces between components and stuff like that. So it's all just every release we're getting um, further and further along towards you know, the kind of stability and manageability and kind of upgradability that that, that you need. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to give an answer to something like that because what you know to give a comprehensive answer for something like that, it's this long list of yeah um, challenges, little efforts yeah, all yeah. over the place that we're addressing, and it all adds up to something um, you know that's really massive progress. But it's it's lots of little incremental progress. I I like to people start to, are starting to laugh at me 
or the OpenStack project because I keep using the phrase baby steps. You know, any yeah. problem we, yeah. we tackle, I want to talk about baby steps. What's the next little step we can make? What's the next bit of incremental progress we make? Because um, as long as you're making incremental progress like that, it all adds up to um, you know really amazing progress every six months when you go back and and, and look at uh, what what you what you've achieved. Recently, I've been receiving in the post. I, th- I think I must have gone to a conference sometime last year, and you know, you tick the boxes on the on the web form to sign up for these conferences, and all of a sudden you get inundated with crap in the post from every type of publisher from network news and var whatever these magazines they send you in cling film are and normally they end up in the bin but the other morning over breakfast i thought no i'm actually going to open one and i'm actually going to open one and see what it says and there was a whole section on sdn on software defined Mm -hmm. networking and there were all these proprietary resellers out there very proud of their bits of tin with their i don't know embedded linux platform or busybox or uc whatever they were running on these boxes and i was looking at the range of features that they had on these boxes that were seriously you know 10 10 12000 euros a box and they weren't solving even a quarter of the problems that we've already solved in openstack you know it yeah. seems bizarre that we're we're running at a faster development cycle than these practiced household name vendors yeah, it's 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 really interesting, all right. And you you do you you still see people kind of say, you know, if OpenStack isn't addressing something at the moment, for example, and a new project comes along and it's it's starting to address it, you know, it's got that those first baby steps towards addressing that problem. You still see people outside of OpenStack kind of going, you know, kind of dismissing the efforts OpenStack are, are making and think they thinking they'll basically never catch up, and then being, you know, massively surprised years later with the likes of Heat when exactly when, when we start suddenly kind of you know made huge progress over the year and achieved the problems. I I, I do kind of find it funny how people still un- underestimate how OpenStack can can ta- you know the, the kind of breadth of the problems that OpenStack can tackle, and uh, because we've just such an enormous enormous community, so much diversity, so much um, you know momentum behind us. I, you know I think really there's there's very little limits to, to what what we can tackle and succeed with. I was saying to Brian Stevens that when I was at Portland, I remember coming down from the first floor to the ground floor where the conference actually was, and between the top of the escalator and the bottom, bottom of the escalator, listening to Steve Hardy talk to another developer, and by the end of the escalator trip, which is only about 12 seconds, they'd solved this huge technical problem, which, you know, 10 years ago would have taken 30 guys in a room. It's quite scary how we've come along. And, and we're very lucky. You're, you're, you're actually quite lucky as well because you have these... The people at Red Hat are very talented and very driven, but you've got some of the most self-deprecating people in your team who just go out there and solve real-world problems. Yeah, the, the, the self-deprecating part is, is kind of interesting. I mean, that's Red Hat culture, really. I yeah. And certainly Red Hat engineering culture. I mean, um, you know, we, we, we typically don't, you know, typically, I think back to the GNOME project where, you know, um, Red Hat engineers might have done a ton of work on the GNOME project and just very quietly gone about yeah. doing it. Like the, the, the kind of work that went into, say, the GTK project over, over you know, a decade or so and mostly done by, or not mostly done, a, a huge amount of it done by Red Hat engineers. And Red Hat engineers, some of the smartest guys I've ever worked with before, say, working on GTK and really never wanting to take a huge amount of credit for it, really wanting to credit other people for it, really wanting to, to just get the work done. Um, it is in contrast to, to some other approaches, but Very I, much I think so. it really fits really fits uh, Red Hat's culture. Okay, well, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thanks for making time to do it. And good luck with everything that you're doing over the next couple of months on your trip to London tomorrow. Cool. Thanks very much, Richard.